Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So you get a little bit of everything here. You get a little Broadway to open. You actually get a little Broadway in the, on the Willows. That's from a musical called Godspell. <laughs> you get some centered awareness, and you get Dolly Parton. <laughs> um, so I sang this song last year on Easter, and this feels like, this feels like my Easter song. Uh, I first heard this song, so I'm a fan of Dolly Parton, and the funny thing is I had never really, this song had never really come across my awareness until I was watching a show, um, a Netflix show, and there was an episode of this TV series that I was watching, and the end of the show, it was like all the characters were emerging from this kind of down experience they were having, and they played this song, and I was sitting there, and I thought, oh, that's the Easter song. Yeah, and so the thing that I'm looking forward to is that next year when we are able to not have this paradigm, uh, to have a choir <laughs> to do this song justice, yeah. Charles Fillmore, the founder, he and his wife, the founders of Unity, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, he wrote this about Easter. He wrote that it is inner meaning, sorry, that its inner meaning and spiritual significance is the awakening and raising to spiritual consciousness, the I am in humanity, which has been buried in the tomb of materiality. That's the whole point and purpose of Easter. Its inner meaning and spiritual significance is the awakening and raising to spiritual consciousness the I am in humanity, which has been covered, which has been buried in the tomb of materiality. I love his way with words. Um, we've been buried. And I think this year we've felt a little more buried than usual this past year. In a tomb of materiality, in a tomb of circumstance, in a tomb of experience, which has felt oppressive, hasn't it? Yeah. There are ways within whatever's happening in our lives that we can relax, let go, and rise above the circumstances at all times, no matter what. No matter what, we can roll away that stone, that stone, that stone of limitation. Jesus became a way shower because that was ultimately the message. That was ultimately the message. What did he show us? He showed us how to roll away that stone, the stone of limited thinking, how to get rid of the erroneous thoughts in our minds, to get out of the way of our fear and doubt and step into faith. That's what Jesus was here to teach. He essentially showed a path of spiritual evolution. And what he was very clear on 
is that this evolution, this spiritual evolution, this spiritual regeneration, the resurrection, was not limited to him. It was not limited to him. In fact, in John chapter 14, he said this, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. That was his message, that what he was doing, any of us can do. We can do this. We are doing it. The very notion that we are evolved past 2,000 years ago means that we are in the process of the doingness through the beingness. Now, when he said, whoever believes in me, it wasn't quite, there's, there's actually, I believe, a mistranslation there. If you go look at the Greek, the Greek uh, translation could actually be this. The one who is doing the believing in me will do greater works. What he's talking about is not a belief in him as an individualization of something that should be worshipped. He was saying, if you are in the state of believing, look at what your beliefs are, you will do greater works than I. That's what he was teaching. He wasn't saying, believe in me, and you will do these things. That's not at all what he was saying. Believe, he was saying to believe and you will do these things, and greater, because he understood that the nature of life, the nature of the consciousness, the nature of God is itself evolutionary, so it is consistently unfolding itself in greater expressions of itself. That is its nature. Believe, and you will do these things and greater. But what might be holding us back from that? That becomes the question, right? Because it's very easy to say, oh, if I believe I can do these things, well, then why aren't we? Why aren't we? What are the, what are the things that are holding us back from that? What is it? I believe, uh, I believe I can distill it down to one word. That word is fear. Fear is the greatest stopper that exists. Fear will stop us in our tracks every single time we are trying to move forward. Fear is the thing that will hold our own spiritual evolution back. Now, Emma Curtis Hopkins, who was the, the, she was called the teacher of teachers. I know I've spoken about Emma Curtis Hopkins before. She was called the teacher of teachers in the New Thought philosophy because she taught Myrtle and Charles Fillmore. She was their teacher. She taught Nona Brooks and Melinda Kramer, the founders of divine science. She taught Ernest Holmes, the founder of religious science. So she was literally the teacher of teachers. All the people who uh, founded these spiritual paths were all taught by her. So really, you could distill back to a core of Emma Curtis Hopkins, who was, the, who was a point of, for the New Thought Movement. I know, it's funny, I, it's, I, I am getting to her quote, I promise. I'm, I'm a little tangential today. Um, what, what else is new? <laughs> but I just had this thought that, you know, we put this out as a podcast, so when I do things like that, I say, she just went, 
Like, if you're only hearing the audio, you have no idea what that means. All right, tangent over. She wrote this, Emma Curtis Hopkins wrote this. One may say, I cannot help being afraid. You ever hear yourself saying that? I can't help it, I'm just, I can't help being afraid. Yes, you can, she writes. No one is ever tempted beyond what one is able to resist. There can be nothing that shows up in our experience of life that we might fear that is not able to be overcome by a shift in consciousness is what she is saying. Resistance to those things, resistance, living a life based in fear, you know what that's based in? That is based in human ego. Because we think of ourselves as separate. But when we understand that ego means I am, and ultimately I am that I am, when we are able to transcend the limited idea of ego and step into the divine ego that I am, which is what Jesus was teaching, we can easily let go of fear. We can easily let go of the resistance and we can rise. Boy, that resistance is pesky. Carl Jung, of course, famously said, what you resist persists. So as long as you keep that idea of resistance in mind, it will continue to show itself in your experience. So the work is to move past the resistance. Now, I have a little story of resistance that I will tell sometimes, and I'm telling it today, clearly about how resistant I once was. So as I mentioned before, I come from a background of religious science, and I think part of the reason that my, my entry point into the new thought paradigm being through religious science is because it was very intellectual. The approach of religious science is very intellectual. You know, Ernest Holmes in the book, he says, we all look forward to the day when spirit and religion, or no, when science and religion will walk together hand in hand from the invisible to the visible. But I was really interested in the science part. Mind you, it's not a science. I wanna be really clear, it's not a science. But I was really interested in having an intellectual understanding of this thing that I was told could make my life better. And so that's how I dove in. Now, I'm grateful for the training I've done in Unity over this past year because it's actually, now, I had gotten to the point where I'd broken my heart open. It wasn't all about the science, and that was part of my spiritual path. But being, being in the training to become a Unity minister has broken my heart even open even more. And I am so grateful for that. Now, I was at a conference, a New Thought conference some years ago, and this is the story of resistance. There was this experience where different communities were coming together to offer some of the things that they do in their experience and expression of spiritual practice. And of course, my community were all very much rooted in book learning. That was our spiritual practice. Well, there was this other community that came and they were offering anointing by oil. And when I was faced with that, I went, mm, not for me. <laughs> Resistance. And I didn't get, in that experience, I did not get past that resistance. And in retrospect, I wish I had. Because ultimately, it was not about the oil, it was not about the practice, it was about 
opening myself up to another way of being. I think it's important that we all look at the spaces and the places and the ways in which we are resistant in our own expression. You know, there, there, are, there will most likely be people who are resistant to a change of physical space. But there are going to be people who will be like, I liked it better the way that it was. Yeah. Right? That's okay. But the thing is, look at those places of resistance within, because those are the things that are creating the construct of our lives, and they are only limiting. They are only limiting us. People may be resistant, resistant to a change in appearance in any way. The solution, ultimately, to all of this can be found in what is perceived as the problem, because there is no problem except perception. There is no problem except perception. The problem can be, is created in mind, and therefore the thing that will address the problem is mind. I also like to say mind, because usually when we, when we you know, make that journey down to the heart space, that can be the real shift that needs to happen. So there, the, there is no problem without an inherent solution built in, because if there were no solution to what we perceive as a problem, there would be no problem. Get it? The very notion that we think there is a problem means we're already on the path mentally of saying, if there's a problem, there must be a solution. So what is the resistance? What is the resistance? We, if we perceive it as a problem, well, there's, there is a solution within that. So the anointing at that conference, the anointing with oil, was not the issue. The only issue was my limitation in belief. That was it. That was it. What if I had approached that experience with a fully open heart? How different my life might be what different trajectory might I have gone on? If I had understood that the anointing was an inside job, ultimately an accepting of my own sense of divinity, not because somebody was putting oil on my forehead, but because I was in a place of allowing. So I'm inviting each and every one of us to look at the places where we resist whatever it is we are resisting, and say, what is in this resistance, perhaps, that I am ready to address with an open heart, and how might my life be shifted by that? What if I let go of all preconceived ideas of what should be? What if I let go? How different might all of our lives be? Definitely less limited, more open to a wealth of experience. That's the kind of life I choose to live. How about you? So where might any of us be living in resistance? Today, the message is, move that stone. Let that stone roll away. Let the resistance, the fear, whatever that stone represents, let it roll away. It is not required for magnificence to shine through, and in fact, it will inhibit the shine of your magnificence. 
When you roll that stone away, then it is time to rise. I'm going to invite us all to just take a moment, to take a look just quietly in our own minds. Just take a look at what you are experiencing in this moment. And I'm not talking about just this experience in this room, but in your life as a whole. What are you experiencing in your life as a whole? Just take a moment. It doesn't need to go deep. Just bring it to a place of awareness. And then ask yourself the question, is this what I want? Is this what I want? Are you living your passion? If not, why not? Why not? Now here's the trick. Don't answer that question with excuses because the why not is actually not meant to elicit, well, because of all these things. It is meant to actually have you ask the question of yourself. I'm not living my passion. Why not? And then be led into action. Answer with action, not with excuses. You are, you can live your passion. Absolutely, you can. Now, in each of the Gospels, I said that that story appears, the discovery of the tomb and the stone has been rolled away. And the appearance of the resurrected Jesus also appears, also happens in each of the Gospels. And there's an interesting thing that, uh, that happens in Scripture around that. Now, Scripture is notoriously male-based. The stories are mostly men, from the point of view of men, right? I hear the women going, mm-hmm. <laughs> In this particular passage, the tomb is discovered by women, and the first appearance of the resurrected Jesus is to women. And I think that that's very important because what it is speaking to us all, what it is saying to each and every one of us, I believe, is that it is that this is all about our own personal rebirth from the point of view of the heart, right? So let's acknowledge that good. A metaphor for rebirth, it is rediscovering who we are from the heart space. We are consistently rediscovering, not creating, our power. Because we aren't creating anything. We aren't creating power. Power exists. We are rediscovering it in every moment. We are this great power. We have the use of this great power. Jesus was not the exception to the rule. We are that which is. But if we don't know that, we can't use it. It's like electricity. Electricity has always existed. It's just when we learned to utilize it for our purposes, it became a useful tool. The power is there. It has always existed. We are utilizing it as a tool for the construct of our lives. So the same capacity, that power, electricity, whatever it is, the same capacity existed when Jesus walked the earth. 
But without an evolution of thought, we would all be sitting in the dark. The power that we are rediscovering is not out there. It is the animating life force within each and every one of us. Jesus was here to teach that salvation comes from being aware of that which is already inside, that which is inherent. There is nothing in us that requires salvation except our limited thinking, our resistant thinking, our fear-based thinking. The power is the innate capacity for spiritual evolution. It is not what you do, it is who you are. So today, let us rise. Each and every one of us, let us be lifted above the limitation of circumstance and identify more wholly that we are the creators of our circumstance by utilizing that power. Let us take to heart that resurrection is spiritual evolution. And you know, I love an acronym. Resurrection is spiritual evolution. That is how we rise. Rise to recognize the evolutionary power within is love. To recognize the evolutionary power within is forgiveness. To recognize that the evolutionary power within is remembering who we are. These are the most transformative things in the universe. Love is the path of resurrection. Forgiveness is the path of resurrection, knowing who we are is the path of resurrection, the power of love, the power of forgiveness, and the power of remembering who we are. These things have the capacity to heal the world, and these are the only things I believe that will do so. So let us rise today. Let us be resurrected by looking within, spiritually evolving the power of love in us as us, then allowing love to rule. And when, love's rule, when love rules within, we attract more of that creative power in our life. So today we rise. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.